what does it take to build a home? What does it take to build a home away from home? And what does it take to build a home away from home you cherish so much you would cry if you ever had to leave it behind? Hey, I'm Nick. I'm your resident interior designer. I'm a serial expat living currently in my sixth, no wait, seventh country. And I'm your humble host on this podcast that is all about creating homes that celebrate your joie de vivre. That means celebrating your joy of and your joy for life so that you'll have a place you truly feel you belong. And in this season, I will be exploring everything concerning the topic of change. Because we are post-COVID-19 and it's safe to say life has changed for all of us. Change has been dumped on us and I know that we all have at least one area of life that feels exhausting and overwhelming and I know you're tired of just reacting to change. So here I am talking about all the aspects that make a home worth having and I'm here to show you how to make change work for you. So please lean back now, relax and enjoy this week's episode. just put a post up on LinkedIn that read the following. You can't streamline anything that you have no practice doing. And because you are not streamlining what you're already great at, you keep being too busy to start something that you really want to start, but yeah, are not doing. I wanted to dive deeper into this in my post, but then I realized it might be getting too long for a post. And also it makes a great podcast episode. Listen, friend, this is all about you, the change you want to make, and your attitude towards the change that you want to make. If you've been following me along these last couple of episodes, you know that I have these five areas where my clients face the most hurdles, and one of them is attitude. So here's what I do. I help people make change. I help them make change worthwhile and as easy as possible. But there is something that I can't do for you. I can't adjust your attitude towards that change for you. Let me explain. I'm saying I'll make it as easy as possible, but there will be struggle. Let's don't kid each other, there will be struggle. If there wasn't, you wouldn't need help with that change. And even though everybody understands that up front, before we start, a lot of people really hate it when I point it out again at the moment of struggle understandably so. Most want to get through the uncomfortable part as soon as possible. And so very often I get asked, especially from the male clientele who think very corporate and very engineering and very process-like, isn't there a way to streamline this? And my answer is no. Well, theoretically, yes, but here's why we're not going to do it. Streamlining is about fixing your work at a certain level of quality so that we have less variations due to personal performance or circumstances or whatever might be influencing that level of quality. If we streamline too early at the point when the change process is still painful for you, when you're still uncomfortable and your current skill level is still meager or, well, quite frankly, bad, that's what the end result will be. Fixed and mediocre or even bad. So you got to change your attitude and invest more of yourself in order to achieve better results. And on the other hand, when I'm talking to people about the changes that they want to make and how they really would like to, but you know, are too busy because, well, life is full. 
I often hear people say they don't have time and space for change because they're too busy, too many people are relying on them, and I don't know, they're the only one that can blah, 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 blah. Listen, friend, if that is you, I know you have worked very hard at becoming great at what you're great at. But if you want to make a change for the better, and that means for something else than you have now, you have to make space for it. And I'm not saying you have to give it up, but you have to streamline something. And that something are the things, the tasks, the processes, the way you show up where you're already great at. Simplify the process and lock it in at the good or even brilliant level it is right now. You have to take yourself out of the equation of being the one where the good level of quality depends on. And you got to be ready to do things that you are not yet great at. Don't use the great skills, the great wisdom and the amazing knowledge as an excuse, as a crutch for why you can't have the new thing that you're aspiring to, but you don't dare to go for claiming you were too busy. <sighs> Let me give you an example for the first attitude. The one where people are rushing to streamline things. So I used to, and still sometimes do, work in interior design, helping people rearrange their home. And the process of making something amazing is laborsome. Unless you have the money to hire some architect to frankly buy their style because you're hiring them to borrow their aesthetics for your home. So unless you're going to do that, we will have to set some priorities. We have to make some decisions about style, lifestyle, the kind of life you want to live inside, budget, priorities as in how do you want, what kind of behavior you want to foster in your home. And if we don't do this work up front before the all fancy, cool choosing of items happens, if you don't want to do the work of getting to know yourself and your desires better, you'll end up with mediocre. And <laughs> mediocre in that sense is IKEA. Why would you hire a designer in order then to have an IKEA home? Don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with IKEA. Actually, I encourage all my clients that 80% of the time, IKEA is fantastic. Their quality has improved so much over the decades. They have great designers. You can achieve great results with just IKEA. But usually if you want to have a designer, you want to have something that is more about you, right? You want to have that certain extra that nobody else has. And that shouldn't be a branding exercise from some architect. That should really be about you. You need to know your desires and where you want to head to and the person you want to grow into. So you have to do the work and then it's absolutely fine. 80% of the time, have IKEA, have the standard. There's nothing wrong with it as such. Quality-wise, it's just mediocre because everybody else has it. And because IKEA is so great at streamlining, you get streamlined style that is accessible for everybody. Just pick that little area, those 20% where you see you, the great person you want to grow into, and then invest in that part. The part in itself will be rather small, but because you're just fixating on getting that one done brilliantly and being okay with good, but not great, at 80% of the other times, you will have a great result. That's what people will notice. That's what you will notice when you come home. Everybody will blend out the things that everybody has. And the 20% where you invested more will stick out as, wow, that's great. That's something that nobody else has. And then for the second example of letting go of being great 
in order to have time and space to do something else. I can tell you my own example. I love food. I love cooking. Yeah, we're a real foodie family. And <laughs> for quite some years after I got married and we had kids, I had this image of a standard that I had to fulfill. Because my husband is French, he is used to having two full cooked meals per day. His mom is a homemaker. I kind of wanted to, but I kind of also felt I had to meet that standard. And it took away the joy of cooking. So we actually decided there's two kinds of approaching this. Make it a priority to always have cooked meals fully from scratch, maybe twice per day, or just settle for making food versus cooking. We make the difference. Food is having something healthy, nutritious, but super easy on the table that isn't fancy. Versus then on the weekends when we have the time, prioritize cooking of finding a recipe, getting the great ingredients, trying out something new, stretching ourselves with our cooking skills and taking way more time to truly cook versus during the week just make food. And if your identity is highly bound to the skills that you have, for me, that was always being the one that had great cooking skills. It kind of felt like I have to be Nick the cook all the time. And that's not true. 80% of the time, I just make food. 20% of the time, we cook. So this is it. You have no practice streamlining things that you are not good yet, that you haven't built the skills yet, because it will lock you somewhere at mediocre or even bad. So if you want to make a change, choose wisely. Don't change everything because it's going to be way too much work. Choose the 20% that are worth changing and investing yourself into, and then adjust your attitude and find something in the process, even though it's hard, even though it's struggle, that you can like. Just because it's struggle, it doesn't mean you have to be suffering. And if you really want to make change and keep telling yourself and everybody else that you're too busy, friend, it's time to simplify things, streamline and take yourself out of the equation so the results remain at a great level without you having to put in the effort all the time. And that requires you to let go of being the one needed. Create results that don't need you and that are simplified. Just be okay with cooking food and then in those other 20% of the time on the weekends, create great meals that are cooked. All right, this is me signing out. Have a wonderful day. Au revoir et à bientôt. C'est Nicole.